Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis, and I am once again your host for today. We have an exciting episode here with us today. I have three different guests. And just a quick recap, we've been talking about our focus at FBC called Overflow, Pouring Out God's Love. And we've gotten a chance to exhibit or at least hear stories of how things have been played out within our family. You think of different audiences of who should receive one another's. The obvious answer is yes. Everyone needs to receive love. Everyone should, we should all exude love to one another and serving one another and encouraging and praying for one another. But if we can break it down, it really does start in the home. So we're able to have some episodes about the family. We've turned the page a little bit to move in towards the church. And last week we got a chance to hear from a couple of different guys who gave some really good in-depth stories about how they've been able to see the, the encouraging, uh, discipleship um, components of serving and loving and caring and admonishing one another, um, really building each other up. Today, we have a couple of people who I think can really speak to what does it look like to get plugged into a church when you're single, when you're thinking you might be a little bit isolated, and what can the church provide you guys? So I'm going to introduce Hannah Watkins first. How are you, Hannah? I'm good. Good to have you with us. I'm excited to hear your story. So thanks for being here. And then also next to me is Cole McQuaid. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. I was just with a bunch of 10-year-olds. So bunch of 10-year-olds. tired, but we're Gonna here and we're good. Unpack that a little bit. Definitely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're here and still alive after dealing with a yes. bunch of 10-year-olds. We are here. We are thriving. Awesome. And then over here to my right, audience watching at home left, is Greg Perkins. How are you, Greg? I'm good. How are you today? Good. You're a little different category of... You're not single. Definitely not single. And you're not working with a bunch of 10-year-olds. Wait, are you sure? Us. It feels like it sometimes. I really <laughs> thought he was single. Bit, but. I really thought he was single. Oh, well, you know, but Greg, I, I, in your family, you have some uh, children who are more adults now. Uh, so, well, yep. My last child, the uh, youngest child will be 18 next month. Yeah. So and how many kids do you have? That. I have five children. And so they range in ages from 18 to 31. Yep. And so... Uh, we're looking forward to moving our, our our last child out to college next year. Wow. Maybe. We'll see what happens. The empty nest thing. Well, when we have uh, a missionary kid living with us as well. That's right. Uh, Josh from China. He's been with us for two years. I'm glad so you brought that up yep. because he was on our podcast episodes a couple of, week, couple right. of weeks ago. And he spoke highly of you. So good. <laughs> you must have paid him off well. <laughs> paid him well. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think it's a good dynamic here where, Greg, you have adult children and we have some, yeah newly adult, um, single people over here, right? I mean, we can say that, you know, yeah. graduating out of high school, out of college, into the real world. I would classify myself as a kidult any day. A kidult. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Well, before we hear from you guys and your stories, Greg, I just want to introduce you from a different level as far as what you do here in your roles at FBC. You right. wear multiple different hats, but I know that you are on the leadership team with John Morrison and right. Biblical Counseling. Uh, share a little bit about that history. And then you now are also an elder and the elder chairman. So I just want to give you an opportunity to unpack how you serve here at FBC. Well, as I mentioned to you earlier, I don't like to talk about myself a lot, but <laughs> right. I've been on the counseling leadership team now for, I believe, six or seven years. Okay. Right. And so we meet several times a year. Uh, we discuss things like what are we going to be teaching? How are we going to be um preparing new counselors. Mm -hmm. We just finished up a 16-month uh, 
series of classes on counseling training. Hmm. And so, and we're excited coming up this, uh, uh, coming up in, in January, we're going to be teaching through uh, the pillars for family uh, foundations. Okay. Uh, this, so that'll be coming up in the uh, BTC and in that uh, time frame, we, we tend to team teach now. Hmm. John Morrison used to do all of the teaching for that, but mm-hmm. uh, the counseling leadership team teaches uh, now. And, and, you know, so we've really been growing through that ministry. Neat. Been on the elder board for four years. And uh, just here recently, um, I became elder chairman. Uh, so I'm, I'm learning a little bit more about the responsibilities. Uh, of course, Mike Thomas yeah. was our elder chairman for, for many years and yeah. he decided to take a break. And so I'm learning about all the things that he did behind the scenes, which was I quite a ask, bit. Like, so, what's the difference? What's the level of being an elder chairman versus just being the elder? So we meet, uh, we have an executive team that meets. It's comprised of myself or mm-hmm. the elder chairman, mm-hmm. um, Mike, um, Mike, Mark Carey, yep. and then also uh, John Van Drunen. Executive and pastor. So we, yep. yeah, so we meet once a week to talk about, you know, all the things that have gone on during the week, talk mm-hmm. about scheduling, uh, priority, uh, things that might come up that need, you know, addressing with scheduling, hmm. just some things that to try to keep the weight of some of the things for the elder board down a little mm. bit so that the guy, so that the elder board doesn't have to meet every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been very effective. Mike uh, and Mark and John did that for several years. So, um, you know, so those are the primary things. And then the elders, we meet twice a month right mm-hmm. now. And uh, our meetings can be very long. And, yeah. and uh, we move very slowly at rain times. People, so, rain the men a little bit, right? Well, you know, we, we, we like to have good good conversation. And we really want to find out what God wants yeah. uh, for the church uh, and only do those things that he wants. You know? yeah. so we, and that's our priority. Well, I'm glad you're here because just you giving that background of at least your role of serving here is going to hopefully enhance our conversation as we get a chance to really dive into this concept of living out the one another's here within the church. You guys both uh, are part of a ministry called Keystone. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I joined Keystone um, while I was in college. And the cool thing about Keystone, which is the young adult ministry here at Fellowship Bible Church, is it's very easy to come and get plugged in um, every week, mm-hmm. or maybe you have to come one week and then you take an absence and then you come back and you're welcome just as if you were here the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in school, I went to Liberty University and graduated in May. I was here for breaks, but then I wasn't here during the school year. I also work at a summer camp during the summer, so I wasn't here during the summer. Mm. But I always felt connected to the group because we use GroupMe, which is an online chat to stay in touch and to announce things. I always felt connected to the group, and whenever I returned, um, I still felt loved and I still felt um, poured into by the leadership team. Mm. Um, After I finished my residential classes and I was student teaching, I got a degree in elementary ed. I was coming every week because I was student teaching in the area. Um, And then towards the end of my student teaching semester, I was asked to join the leadership team for Keystone. Um, And being such a young member of Keystone, um, it was very, it it felt very good to be asked to be on the leadership team. But I've also been able to speak to some things about what does it look like to be a college student in Keystone? Because the other leaders Hmm. on the leadership team didn't really have as much experience with that because Caleb who has started Keystone has been out of college for a while and he started Keystone after he was done with college. So it was, so he's losing touch a little bit. Yes. The college bit. He's students. becoming a very old yes. man. Yes. And I'll put that on the record um, for sure. But you've been at a part of FBC for a very long time. 
Um, I have been attending this church ever since I was a thought in my parents' mind. Yeah. Um, I was born in Winchester and my parents, Sean and Laura McQuaid, had been coming to this church since before I was born. So I grew up in the church, came through the nursery, preschool, children's ministry, youth group. Um, and the big thing that Keystone tends to focus on now is when you come from youth group and you're done with high school, we don't want people to graduate from something. Hmm. We want people to graduate to something. Mm -hmm. And that is to being an adult here at Fellowship Bible Church. And for those of us who have grown up in the church, there wasn't something for those people who would come back for breaks. There wasn't something for those young adults. Mm -hmm. It was join a Sunday school class or join a community group. And I have joined a community group. I'm actually in the Perkins community group. Awesome. Um, so that's a wonderful connection. What did you miss last night? Okay. I did. I was uh, away for the yeah. weekend. So a little, I missed. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. We shaming. Missed you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, Hannah, I'm going to turn to you because yeah. you have a very different story. I don't think you've been here for too much longer than a year. Is that true? So uh, yeah, how did you I, get plugged into FBC? I actually just moved to Winchester nine months ago Okay. Um, and didn't know anyone when I moved here. I barely knew the ladies that I was going to be working with. Um, and I was actually really worried about having a community here um, and like getting plugged in with the church. And I was just really worried that it was going to be a really isolating like time in my life, um, especially like, you know, with COVID and mm -hmm. winter. And it was just a really weird time. Um, and then I started going to Keystone and like Cole said, you can go really inconsistently. And that's what I did at first, I think, because it was really overwhelming for me. Um, just meeting a lot of new people sure. in a very like new season of my life. Um, but some some people there really pursued relationship with me and um probably at the end of last spring um that like became like my main source of like interaction was hmm. people from keystone and um now it's like i have some of the best friendships that i think i've had in my whole life even though i've only been here less than a year um and it's all because of hmm. of keystone and um i think it's just like a really really cool ministry because i haven't seen anything like that um when I graduated high school, my church didn't really have a young adult group set up. Um, so it was very much when you get married, you will have some kind of community again, like in the church that's set up There's, well, you know, yes. like once you like start a family, then you join the, you know, the young married groups and things like that. Um, but the young adult and like college years are very much, I feel like in a lot of churches, just the like lost years, years, you know, where yeah. it's really easy to kind of not come and no one really cares. Um, yeah. So Keystone was really helpful in that. And, and it's my main community here in Winchester mm. now. That's awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. I mean, Greg, from an elder perspective, what, what do you, what do you see? Um, you know, how do you see the young adult community here at FBC and kind of the, you know, what is there? I think I agree with Hannah that there's this lost generation right. and you have kids in that same sure. age as well. You know, what, is, what do you see, um, FBC really attempting to uh, to call for with this idea of not just graduating, but commencing into something else. Yeah. So we, uh, of course, having having young adult children and 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 listening to their complaints really about the community and about this idea that I've got to be married to fit into the mm -hmm. next the next phase of life. You know, we had a lot of those discussions around the house that you know. You know, where, where is that community for us? So a few years ago, we tried. Uh, we started a young adult community group. Mm -hmm. And we went, we 
we went with that for about two years. Mm-hmm. Finally realized maybe we were a little bit old to be leading a young adult community group, <laughs> but we made some good friends mm-hmm. and, you know, young uh, at heart. And in fact, one of the, the couples that are in our community group now or were in our uh, in our young adult group uh, then. And so we've really enjoyed that. And, and so I'd say my wife and I, we really have a passion mm. for wanting to see young people have something to go into when they're, they're next. So several mm-hmm. months ago, Caleb presented his ideas to the elders about how he would, how he wanted to structure this so that it would be something, I think Cole mentioned it too, uh, something you graduate into. Mm-hmm. And I really liked hearing that idea and, and the idea that he was really going to pursue the young folks that were going to, and, and the whole group was going to pursue the young folks as they graduated out of high school, as they graduated out of college, to have something really, what's next for me in the church? How can I be in a part of the church and serve in the church um, and have and be with people that are in the same stage of life? Yeah, a and there's a, there's a common ground that first begins with Christ. I mean, right. what what is bringing you hand at FBC is you're looking for some sort of community that's focused around God and truth. Cole, same thing, you're going to, to college and you're coming back and you're looking for some sort of community. So overflow, this focus really starts with God. I mean, this idea of living out one another is, is not something that we're attempting to do within ourselves. It comes from a source of God and his word and his Holy Spirit then being poured into us and then out of us to go show others. So I'm curious to hear both of you all stories of how you came to know God, because it really starts with this idea of your relationship with the Lord. Um, Hannah, I'll turn to you, just especially since you've only been here at FBC for nine months. You know, what what drew you to the Lord and then what drew you to this desire to get a part of a church? Yeah. um, So I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, My parents were youth pastors for the first few years of my life. Um, And then I grew up in church and was really close with um, all the people that I went to church with growing up. Um, But it wasn't really until college that I realized that my personal like relationship and fellowship with the Lord um, was kind of lacking. And it had mostly been based on, you know, youth group events and family stuff. Um, And so that's when I really realized that I needed to pursue real relationship with the Lord on my own. Um, but I didn't have a really good community in college, um, of fellow Christians. Um, I didn't go to a Christian school and I didn't really get plugged in to the church that I was going to except to serve, um, like in the nursery and things like that, but I didn't really get connected with like good friends. Um, but you know, college is when I really started to, um, pursue the Lord on my own. Um, and I knew that, you know, now that I'm, um, you know, more following what the Lord wants for my life and I'm more in tune with him. Um, I knew that I needed a community of believers um, that was kind of my own. That wasn't just this, mm-hmm. you know, structured thing that I'd grown up with. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to have other believers besides, you know, just my parents and things not like that. Not just your parents' religion yeah. or not just your yeah. parents' kind of decision to say, okay, we're going to church today. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So I've known the Lord my whole life, but um, it's really just been the last few years that um, I've really been pursuing relationship with him and I've really seen the hmm. fruits of that. Hmm. Cool. How about you? I already briefly mentioned that I had been, I've been coming to this church for a while. Um, when I was five, 
Um, I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It was actually on Christmas Eve. My dad shared the gospel with me as we were talking about Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. And that's when I professed Jesus to be my savior and the um, sacrificial lamb for my sins. I understood that he died a death that I didn't deserve to die um, so that I'd be able to have a relationship with him. Very similarly to Hannah, that relationship started at that point, but my fellowship is something that I kind of lost touch with um, during probably the beginning of middle school. Um, I was coming to church to come to church for that same reason. And when I was in middle school and in high school, I started to make my faith my own and to understand that the fellowship that I could have with Christ was there for me if I pursued that and if I read the Bible and if I prayed. Um, And that's something that I really began to appreciate more as I was in high school, through youth group. And then I went to Liberty, which is a Christian university and found Christian community and encouragement there as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely have been able to appreciate different types of Christian community. But right now being um, a 21 year old who just graduated in Winchester, there aren't a lot of people who think like me that I, that are my age with, um, with that are my peers. So coming to Keystone and coming to this church, particularly Thursday nights, to be able to interact with people who are believers, who do have a relationship with Christ, has been really encouraging. Yeah. Me. And it's neat because, I mean, of a church this size, you can easily get lost. For sure. And, and here, what, what you're saying is, okay, you're seeing, at least this is my interpretation, the the corporate gatherings is kind of the, the wide end of the funnel. That's the big, that's the catch-all. You're going you're to hear about us through our Sunday morning services or maybe Saturday night. You'll get on the website and, and then you're saying, wow, this is a big church. I got to get plugged into something smaller and I've got to be able to do life and, and have friends, have community uh, outside of just showing up in church and being a number. I'm curious, Hannah, like, how did you find FBC and what what stood out to you as like, okay, this is a place I'm going to call my home? Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I would have come to FBC um, on my own. Um, I actually worked with Annette McManigle and she, um, you know, and Scott are very connected with the church. And the first week that I moved here, um, Annette and Scott were coming to Keystone to kind of share with the young adults about what they do in the church um, and like share their story and their testimony. And they invited me to come and see the group. And so I did come Um, and it was a little bit overwhelming at first. I think just a very new season of my life and a new place and a lot of new people. Um, And that was very intimidating for me at first. And I was like, this is such a big church. I don't know if this is for me. Um, so I came very inconsistently for the first few months that I was here, but, you know, every time I'd walk through the doors at Keystone, people remember my name and they would come up to me um, and ask me how I was doing. And that was really, um, encouraging to me. Um, and, um, what was the second part of your question? Yeah. I mean, just, no, that's great. You you answered it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. And and so what you're saying is reminding me of just the idea of, just knowing somebody's name is a form of mm-hmm. loving that one, that yes. person. Sure. You know, I mean, just, you don't think of it that way, mm-hmm. but there's one another's happening mm-hmm. that's drawing you into a community that I think people aren't even realizing that they're showing Hannah sure. love by just greeting one another. Right. You know, that's, that's a scriptural, biblical one another. I mean, it's how do you, basic hospitality, right? Just yeah. The idea that, I care enough about you to remember your name. And that's difficult. I mean, you know, I, I normally attend F3. Mm-hmm. So, 
F3 has about 75, 80 people. And so you can really, you can get to know most of the folks there enough to at least, you know, have a conversation. But when you come upstairs, like I did this weekend, I keep seeing people I don't know. So, and then I, then you have to ask the question, how long have you been coming to FBC? But that's okay. I think, I think people are okay, you know, as, as, as long as you're, you know, you know, it's nice about it, at least saying how, how long have you been coming here? And I've, mm-hmm. I've had some people say, well, we've been here 20 years. And, and then you yeah. have to kind of say, well, I'm sorry about that. So, you know, there's, there's a value to just knowing somebody's yeah. name and there's the level of care, sure. mm-hmm. you know, and so accepting one another as a passage, mm-hmm. greeting one another. I don't know if you guys do this, greet one another, holy kiss. I think that's first Peter five. I mean, some people come to Keystone to find a significant other, <laughs> but we discourage that as their main reason for coming. So, so Cole, I have to ask. You, you you mentioned going away. Now, was coming back, or were you involved enough during college that was that coming back wasn't hard to Keystone, or was it was it different for you when you came back? I think that coming back on breaks was the most difficult because I was just coming to church. When I was in middle and high school, I volunteered with Kids Zone Worship. I volunteered with Children's Ministry. I helped teach fifth grade second service with Phil and Sherry Libby. And so I was very involved when I was in middle and high school with the children's ministry and with the youth group. So not belonging to the volunteer team anymore because I wasn't here to volunteer and not belonging to the youth group made it very awkward for me to come on Sunday mornings and just sit with my parents and kind of awkwardly stare at people who remembered who I was, but I wasn't really interacting with anymore. But coming on Thursdays and having a community of people made it a little bit less weird to just come to church in that awkward season of my life mm. where I'm only at church maybe 10 Sundays a year because I'm on breaks during that time. It also made it much easier for me to then come and be living here um, full time. Um, I'm glad to call Winchester my home. Um, I'm planning on staying in this area. I work at Middletown Elementary School. So It was very exciting for me to be able to graduate from college and to be able to come back to a community that I'd already known. And it's not as awkward. Thank you for bringing that full circle. Yeah. You you introduced yourself of playing with a bunch of 10 year olds today. <laughs> yeah. So you, you I needed to explain. A teacher. Yes. Right. I'm a teacher in Middletown Elementary School. I teach perfect fifth grade. There's the 10 year old aspect. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Good. Love it. Well, Unpack one story, each of you, if you can. We've talked about what it looks like to maybe be a part of a smaller group of people where they know your name. You know, there's that TV show from years ago that that was a key theme. (laughs) But, you know, unpack something that maybe someone else shared and showed love to you or showed uh, a one another to you in a capacity that was just maybe a little deeper than just knowing your name. Maybe it's Keystone or maybe it's somewhere else here at the church. Anna, anything? Or Cool. Um, I'll go. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I, this is not related to Keystone. Um, I can tie it in at the end a little bit. But when I was in seventh grade, I began to help volunteer in fifth grade as a Sunday school teacher. Um, so the I was two years older than these kids, and I just kind of began by passing out markers and helping to keep kids on task. There was a student with special needs that I would help. And Mr. and Mrs. Libby, they are amazing Sunday school teachers. People Hmm. come from all over. I mean, obviously, if you have to be in fifth grade, but they come to the second service (laughs) because um, Mrs. Libby has a reputation, a good reputation for being an amazing Sunday school teacher. And I wanted to help. I wanted to kind of be a part of that. And it was actually the interactions that I had with those kids throughout middle and high school. Um, I started with passing out markers and I ended as a um, junior and senior in high school, actually just teaching the Sunday school lessons. 
And it was a conversation that I had with her. It was her loving me and taking the time to kind of pour into me as a teacher that I decided that maybe I should be a teacher. Hmm. When I was in middle and high school, I went through these phases of, oh, I'm going to be a, an anesthesiologist. And I actually shadowed one in West Virginia. And, oh, I want to be a lawyer. And I actually shadowed an assistant commonwealth attorney in Winchester. And it wasn't until I was a junior or senior in high school and having been able to work with Mrs. Sister and Mrs. Libby for so long that I realized that the Lord had been preparing me to be a teacher, but I was kind of too prideful to admit it. I thought, oh, I have good grades. Why should I become a teacher? I have the grades and I have the brains to become a lawyer or a doctor. But what I realized was I was being prideful. I was being boastful. And when I went to Liberty and pursued that degree, I was at peace the entire time. And I still am. Hmm. And it was really her taking the time to be patient with me, be patient with one another. She was patient as she taught me. Um, it was really that relationship that she took the time to have with me that caused me to be at peace with becoming a teacher to this day. That's cool. Yeah. And Hannah, how about you? Yeah, I have so many stories. Um, but um, a more recent one is um, I just started serving in the joy ministry hmm. downstairs and um, with the special needs um, children in the kids ministry and the ladies there have been like the most welcoming team of ladies to serve with and sometimes when I serve at church I'm like oh I'm just showing up and you know I do my part and you know if nobody notices like that I was there and I was working with the kids like that's good because it means my kids were well behaved and it was great and nobody really <laughs> notices anything um but these ladies we're so excited to have me join the team. Um, and the Lord has been preparing me to work in um, with special needs children in the church. Um, I was actually going to start a ministry like this at my previous church before I moved. And I thought that was over for me. Um, but the Lord brought me to a church that already had one um, because I have a brother with special needs. And so the Lord has kind of been preparing me for things like this my whole life. Um, but the ladies, you know, text me throughout the week and are just so welcoming and appreciative of the the serving that I do, which, um, you know, often doesn't feel that significant. Um, but like having a team of people who like really appreciate um, like my heart and my motivation for doing mm -hmm. things um, has made serving here at the church um, just, wonderful. And it's really given me another community of people who really care about me and, you know, a very different community um, hmm. than my one at Keystone. Um, but still a lot of ladies that I feel really care about me and really love me um, and really appreciate the work that I do. Yeah. So, so what age age group are you working with in children's ministry? Um, I mostly serve in the preschool um, with a little girl who who's in one of the classes. I'm like a one on one buddy with her. Wow. Um, You're making a definite impact in her life. That helps so, yeah. yeah being, for her being able <laughs> yeah, to that's yeah, been It's been be really, really wonderful um, to great. meet the kids. And I do serve downstairs sometimes with some older kids, um, and that's wonderful too. But it's really been nice to spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time um, with a little girl in the preschool. Um, and how did you find out about the Joy Ministry? Because we, we don't do a lot of advertising with a lot of the ministries. So how did you find yeah, out about it? Yeah, one of our it? friends, Kayla, actually came to Keystone one night asking for volunteers. Um, and it was a really big moment for me because I had planned to start a ministry like this in my home church because my brother Noah, who um, has some very severe disabilities, 
he never had a ministry like that at church. And it was, he'd always come to like kids ministry with us and my brothers and I would take care of him. Um, or, you know, like he'd have an aide come from outside that like would work with him, like through a waiver or something, come to church with him. Um, we always made it work as a family, but it was always like him trying to fit into things that weren't, you know, created for him, um, which made it really difficult and um, often hard for my family to like go to a church service. And I know that there are so many families like that with, you know, kids with special needs or adults with special needs who just don't go to church because it's not mm. possible for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then everything shut down in March, 2020 because of COVID. And my church said, we don't want to start any new ministries right now um, and probably won't for the foreseeable future. I said, okay, I guess this just wasn't meant to be. Um, and then when I came to Keystone and Kayla brought it up, I was like, oh my gosh, the Lord just opened a door for me to serve in exactly the way I wanted to serve. And I didn't even have to set up a ministry or do any of that. Um, so that was really, really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there's so many opportunities mm -hmm. to, to serve so many mm -hmm. areas, but to see God align your gifts yes. and your talents and your passions mm -hmm. to be in line with what the needs are yeah. is impressive. And I mean, that's a God thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, some people might complain that, oh, we're a huge church. There's too many things to do. There's too many opportunities. This is a story, Greg, where like, okay, we just see the need, especially you do the elder board. I know you don't want to go before God. Right. So you just look at those different ministries and opportunities are out there and juggle them all and people like Hannah can get plugged in. Right. And so there's great many opportunities to serve. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, it is. It's it's a it's always a struggle to know, you know, where to put our priorities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so what we've really focused on is is relational discipleship. And mm -hmm. that's where there's one another's come in mm -hmm. because it gives us an opportunity to really get to know a few people and to really pour into their lives and find out, hey, you know, I want to serve in, in a certain way and maybe help help folks get plugged in in different places to serve. Yeah, and you guys are really cool models because you're you're, you're humble, which I appreciate. But what you're sharing are stories of how just people are pouring into you and then you're just instantly pouring it back out to other people. And whether you see that or not, that's what I see in these stories of how there's just this flow of the Holy Spirit moving through you to where people are pouring into you through God's word and just through encouragement. And then you're pouring out that encouragement right out to other people. I'm reminded of First uh, Thessalonians 5 passage that Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica that he just simply says, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. So he's saying, you guys are doing it, but keep doing it. Keep encouraging one another. Keep building up one another. Um, and I find that just to be encouraging myself right. to know, okay, it can happen with anybody. And yeah. it can happen as a seventh grader. It can happen as a person who just comes to FBC. Yeah, we just really don't understand the impact, right? I mean, you sitting with a little girl, helping her sit. And I mean, I know that our preschool teachers are, are actually teaching scripture mm -hmm. and have, helping her to sit and teach scripture. But the impact of that on her family. Yes. Right. And, and and mom and dad, baby, will be being able to to come to worship, coming uh, yeah. to come to a learning center class and actually be able, able to to concentrate and take the time and knowing that your child is well cared for. Right. Mm. right? And being able to see uh, the love that that's flowing through you to her and all the teachers to her, mm -hmm. you know, and the same with. Uh, now, I got to ask, did you become a fifth grade teacher because you taught fifth grade and 
Or is that just a coincidence? (laughs) It's partially a coincidence. I knew I wanted to do elementary education. And when I was originally offered a job at Middletown, I was offered a fourth grade job. And I was okay with that. I did student teaching in fifth grade. um, But I knew that any elementary position, even down to kindergarten, I would make do and I would learn to love it because I had worked with kindergartners before at a school. And it's a very different world in fifth grade. But um, I think that my heart was prepared to do anything. It was ultimately kind of just a last minute change the principal had that I was given a fifth grade job. And I was ecstatic because... That is my favorite grade. So it was a coincidence, but I don't know how much I believe in a coincidence with this particular situation. Yeah. No, we'll just go back to the Libby's and thank them yeah. for preparing you. And that just that story made me think, Greg, of the 40th anniversary we had last year where the elders were setting the stage for the next 40. Sure. And there were five or sorry, four key phrases are almost the, the vision, if you want to call it that, of FBC is four P's. I know it's not a, you don't <laughs> you, look at me like not, that. You're not going to make me remember. No, that. I've got them here. Sorry. You know, preparing new leaders, prioritizing the body. Um, and, oh, now I'm blanking on what they are. Um, prioritizing body, preparing new leaders. I'll get to those. But it made me think of preparing <laughs> leaders. Right. And that's why I was going to bring it up, because essentially there's this aspect of, Pass, oh, passing the, torch. passing the torch. That was another one. Right. One generation to the next. And that's really what's going on here with with what FBC has with the children's ministry into where Cole is through there to now we hear young adult ministry right. and then passing the torch on to right. the next generation. So I'll get that fourth one in a second. But <laughs> right. see, yeah, you, I was looking at you. You completely got me now. So, now um, I thought I had them pulled up here. But just, just wrap this up, Greg, from, again, the elder's perspective of, of how you see um, just these stories and this encouraging one another here at FBC, uh, just a call to action. And, and how are we to really be the local church? Um, well, I mean, I like to say, you know, first we need to see the needs uh, and then we need to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, meet the needs. Right. And and we do that by preparing ourselves, like, like you were talking about earlier. Um, the Lord was moving in you when you were in college to seek him out. And and you you followed that call, and maybe you had some lonely times in college while you were searching uh, for a ministry, and now you find yourself in a church where you're plugged in, where you're able to serve, and we love to see that. Uh, so the idea is, is I think, you know, is that we really want to see people in in discipleship relationships, mm-hmm. you know, where they're where they're growing. Now that may look different for different folks. For some folks, that's a an intensive Bible study. For, for other folks, that's uh, getting together to serve together and, and growing uh, in their knowledge of Christ through that service with each other. And we really want to see that. And then we want to, as as those folks are serving together, we really want to see uh, folks stepping forward to take on responsibility mm. and really working with those folks to prepare the next generation of leaders for the church. Because, it's really about yeah. being, you know, just what what is a church? You right. know, the benefits of uh, of a church. Right. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's just being the body of Christ yeah. here in Winchester. Right. Uh, um, I'm drawing a blank on the scripture, but, you know, the, the John, I believe it's in John that it talks about how, um, you know, the people will know us hmm. as followers of Christ by our love for one another. Mm-hmm. Right. So how, how well are we doing that job of loving each other so that 
uh, you know, the community around us is seeing Christ. Christ is being lifted up and people are coming and wanting to see, hey, why are you guys different? Mm-hmm. You know, why are, why are, you know, why do you guys treat each other the way you do, man? Uh, you know, why are you not mad at each other or fighting over things? And, and I think that's what we really want to see is we want to see people growing together in their love of Christ and then, you know, you know, stepping forward to be the next generation of teachers, be the next generation of deacons, be the next generation of, of elders um, to lead this church, you know, wherever God takes us over the next 40 years. Yep. So that's a, that's a great summary. And um, I do have the four piece. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It is preparing new leaders, participate in discipleship making, which you've right. been touching on, passing the torch and prioritizing the body. So I think our conversation summed up a lot of those. So Hannah, Cole, thank you for being here. Um, your stories are just, again, encouraging to to each one of us. Greg, thank you for your insight and for your service here. Right. Um, that doesn't get said enough of what the elders do behind the scenes. And now being the the head elder, we call it that, you know, uh, of, of just, you know, the more intense, in-depth thought and conversations and prayer that goes into shepherding our body. So. Thank you for that. I get a lot of grief about that at home, by the way. So. Oh, about the time? <laughs> yeah. No, about, not about the time. <laughs> about being the head elder. About being the head elder. Yes. Well, you know what? There's a season for everything. So absolutely. Well, thanks again, everybody, for being here. Continue to watch um, our podcasts. Listen wherever you do listen. You know, we are on YouTube. We're on every other kind of podcast outlet out there. So just go find us. But you can easily go to fbcva.life slash podcasts. And then get on the show notes, share with us your thoughts and feedback of um, how this is encouraging you, because we love to hear from you guys. So thanks for watching and listening. And until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day.